Hey all you Thrivers, on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the three words that you need to eliminate from your vocabulary. So stay tuned. But before we jump into that, for those of you who are joining me for the very first time, my name is Chrissy Richardson. I am the author and creator of Making Sense of Munchkin. As a special needs mom warrior, I help special needs parents, just like you, go from crazy to calm and from helpless to empowered. I want you to do more than just survive. I want you to be thriving. Today, we'll be talking about the three words that you need to eliminate from your vocabulary that can cause meltdowns. Now, if you know someone who has a child who struggles with meltdowns or tantrums, please take a moment and tag them or share this video with them. Thank you. Now, I don't know about you, but I couldn't stand it when my mother nagged me as a child. It was a constant stream of reminders on how to act, what not to do, and simply just sucked the fun out of what it's like to be a kid. Or so I thought, until... I became a parent. <laughs> I now understand why my mother had to remind me to do something a thousand times. Now with the struggles that we face on a daily basis, I tread a fine line between helping my child or just being a ginormous nag. Let's be honest. Children do not like being told what to do. And the minute we use certain trigger words, their defenses go up like the walls of Fort Knox. Now this shouldn't be a surprise to you. Do you like being told what to do? I didn't think so. Throughout our struggles with our daughter, we've had to change how we have to parent. And it's been a difficult change. However, with all of the wonderful practice that we've been given, my husband and I are very, very good at diffusing a situation rather quickly. One of the biggest things that we did was to remove three simple words from our vocabulary as parents. Can you guess what they are? Stop, no, and don't. These little words, these three little words can cause major upsets. And why do they trigger us? Well, the biggest reason has to do with the tone that we commonly use and that we're setting up our child for potential disappointment. Who likes to be disappointed? When was the last time that you said one of these words in a happy tone? How do you say stop in a happy tone? Stop, stop. <laughs> How do you say no or don't in a happy tone? No. Don't! It's very difficult to do. And when you're addressing your child, are they even listening to your stop, no, or don't anyway? The minute we hear these words, we kind of tune everything out because we don't want to hear them. Also, these words do not help your child learn how to think about how their behavior is affecting the situation. These words do not offer them any guidance in a positive way to the behavior that we would prefer to see in the future and why we would prefer to see that. Remember, 
Your child may not have control of their bodies and or their emotions at all times. Often, their emotions and their brains are on hyperdrive, making it very difficult for them to quickly process what they should be doing. And in most cases, they are also very poor at articulating their emotions and recognizing emotional and social cues of others around them. It's very common for a child under the age of eight to have the developed skills to be able to self-regulate their moods. In other words, we need to help and guide them. So instead of throwing out the words stop, no, or don't, try to frame everything in a question. Give them a chance to think about knowing. For example, my little energizer bunny used to love to jump on our sofa. However, my husband and I preferred that she did not. This is how our conversation would go. May I ask what you are doing right now? My daughter, I'm jumping on the sofa. Me? Are you supposed to be jumping on the sofa? While she is still jumping, Samantha says, no. Mew, then why are we jumping on the sofa? At this point, my daughter would stop jumping on the sofa, a lot of times without another word, and would even sometimes apologize for using the couch as a bouncy castle. Later, as she would complete that, I would say, why are we not supposed to jump on the sofa? This question is critical because we need to help our child identify the cause and effect of their behavior while understanding why we're asking them not to do something. Now there's one last piece of the puzzle we still have to take care of. I need to recognize that my daughter is jumping on the sofa because her body needs that sensory input and she's bored. So therefore, I suggest an activity to help her with that, such as doing froggy hops around the room together, stomping like mean old dinosaurs, or using her hoppy ball around the house. You can also use things like jumping on an old mattress, using a crash pad, um, having her do push-ups, carry a heavy laundry basket, tons of other things. Meaning, you still must address the underlying cause and the reason for the unwanted behavior if you want them to get what behavior we want to see in the future. Now, you might be thinking, but Christy, there are times I need to say the word stop. Yes, I agree with you. The word stop should be saved for situations that involve safety or emergency. For example, if you see your, a car coming and your child walking towards the street, then yes, stop is completely appropriate. Another possible situation is where there is an emergency that has arisen and the action that they are taking is hindering the actions needed for survival. Then stop is a very, very good word. I also believe that there are times that no is an acceptable word too if it's in relationship to a direct question your child is asking. However, there's a caveat. Tone will be critical in this situation. For example, if my child asks if we are going anywhere today, I can respond with no, with little risk of triggering an unwanted response. When it gets tricky is when they are asking for something that they want. 
in their minds, they've already decided and have the expectation that they're going to get this thing. Your answer could trigger a poor behavior response. So what do we do? Here's a great example. My daughter asked me if she could use some plastic wrap to place a film over the door to see if our dog would run through the plastic wrap. I know, it's kind of an odd request, right? <laughs> she tr- has this desire to be a little prankster and I am doing everything in my power to talk her out of it. <laughs> anyway, so how did I respond? I said, I would prefer that you not do this because it's wasteful to use that much plastic wrap and it may hurt the dog. Instead, let's find something else that you can do that won't be wasteful and not put the dog at risk. And did you catch what happened in that phrase? Three things happened with this statement. One, I first, I declined her request nicely. Two, I gained her acceptance because I explained why I had the concern with her request. There is power in using a because in your response. Third, I gave an alternative by my willingness to help her find something else. Sounds easy. Not always, but you'll get better at it. Lastly, I am not a fan of the word don't. First of all, it's a demand word. And I prefer requested phrases. Demanding things from our children is often a bullying technique that parents use to get unwilling willingness from our children. However, I am not suggesting that you don't stand your ground on boundaries or expectations that you and your child have agreed to. Sometimes it's important to make sure that we're having them learn work ethic by standing our ground and getting them to follow through on things. The only time word, the word don't, may come into play is where I'm reading or reiterating directions and it's a caution. For example, do not remove the soap from the model until it is completely cooled as it will fall apart. It's a caution. Do not do this or this. Do not do this or this. But again, it's a command. Do you see this? Do not do this. We're telling them that you cannot do something. It's a command. It's not, can you please refrain from doing that? That's a request. Now they can say no, and that leads to a different conversation. I know it'll take you a bit of practice, and I assure you that you'll fail quite a few times, but you'll get better. And keep trying. It makes a huge difference on the response we get from our children. I promise if you take out these three little words, stop, no, and don't from your parenting vocabulary and start asking your kids about what they're doing, you'll create a wonderful positive learning opportunity for your child and more peace in your household. Do you use a similar technique? Comment below. Let's help each other. I hope you found this video helpful. And if so, I would appreciate a big thumbs up. Make sure you also subscribe to the channel or you can check out the website at 
makingsenseofmunchkin.com for more help. Until then, I'm Chrissy Richardson. Keep on thriving.